0: Good afternoon, good morning and good evening. Welcome back to the Black Knight podcast. I'm your host, Michaelie Nayland the CEO and founder of Black Knights. I'm taking over the role of hosting this because Con has moved on to, to new pastors um, and hope he's getting along well there. So it's been a while since we've done any podcasts, so we thought we'd pick it up again. But we're changing things around a little. I'll be hosting to some of this and other times, I'll be joined by my sidekick, Jonathan, who hails from all the way across the Atlantic in the U.S.
1: of A. He's our token American. Jonathan, say hello. Hello. Here's your token American reporting in. So how are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? I am not enjoying the weather. That is for sure. The uh,
0: It is cold here. It's bucketing down here at the moment. I don't know why. But the weather has just gone nasty. I think we're now dealing with two or three weather warnings again, which is a bit crazy considering it's March. So rather than talk about the weather, which, are, which all Irish people love doing, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that are happening in the wonderful world of Black Knights. So first up, we're
1: hiring. Yay, more co-workers. Yeah, but you don't get to see them, Jonathan. You're not even in the office. Just for once a year at Christmas.
0: <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Well, we can let you over other times as well. You know, never, you never know. We might, we might expand that. We might let you have like two outings a year. <laughs> I'm ready and waiting. So yeah, we're hiring again. We're expanding our customer service team. Um, looking for people to join us in our Carlo headquarters. The job ad is up on blackknight.careers or you can go over to our blog where there's a bit of information about it Um, not sure what else I can really say about that, I mean it's uh...
1: it's a technical support role and it's it's a challenge, you get to learn all the techy things that make the web run and you know, we train you and you gain skills to succeed in Ireland's digital economy
0: yeah that sums it up. That sums it up better than I could do. It. Yeah, that's, good, that's good, pretty good. Yeah, I know. Look, I mean, the thing is, I mean, the the reality is, you know, the you know, the, we 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 always look for. We're always on the lookout for for new staff to join that, that those teams. And you know, you don't need to have like su- super duper complex qualifications. It's more down to having you know practical experience and an interest in learning. So you know, if you if you're comfortable mucking around with PCs, if you if you've taken a PC apart and managed to put it back together and it still works, preferably, <laughs> taking it apart is easy. By the way, you can just use a sledgehammer. You know, then maybe you should be looking at something like that. I mean, it's the kind of thing where you need to have so you need to have a certain amount of technical skill. You also need to be good with people, I think, because a lot of the time you're talking to our clients from across ireland europe and further afield and if you don't like dealing with other human beings then you probably don't want to be in that job because you're talking to people who can be from all over the place and you know it's 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 a it's a it's a it's a it's an you're not interacting with them in person but you are on the phone on email on live chats and everything else with them pretty much all day it's kind of full contact sport i suppose
1: the best kind right
0: hey look i mean it's 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 it, look it's a role that i think you know it's it's important for us i mean from our perspective what's the difference between us and and the competition i mean it's it's all going to be down to that customer experience so the from our side our customer service team need to be need to be the best we can get you know they need to be they need to be good they need to be responsive and you know it's not it's not a role i think that everybody's going to love um but I think it's a role that some people will.
1: Yeah, and I can say in addition to working for Black Knight, I'm also a Black Knight customer for my own businesses and whenever I've had an issue with my server, you know, they're always very helpful and they know how to fix it. So when I break things, they fix it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So what else is going on? Okay, so Ireland most of the restrictions around Covid and the pandemic have been lifted at this stage now I think the only restrictions left really would be around on public transport and in a medical setting everywhere else you know the mask mandates are gone social distancing is gone all those stickers on the floor in shops in flo- floors in shops are gone so I think a lot, a lot of people have have come back to into, you know, back into their offices, kind of return to normal. On our side, we're seeing more staff coming back into the office, which is is interesting. For some people, I think they haven't been
1: in there in probably two years. Right. Yeah, I know when, I know when I was there in December, it was still it was still pretty empty, and it, that was the first time I'd been in an office in two years.
0: Yeah, I mean we're it's something we're you know, we've been we've been trying to encourage people to come back into the office a little bit more, but you know, it, I think things are kind of stabilizing now. It's no longer it's no longer a case of, you know, something that constant moving target where you wouldn't know what the government was gonna come out with the next week. So yeah, I think, you know, that it's it's a move back towards the office more. But I don't think we're ever gonna be back in a situation where every single employee is working in an office be it for ourselves or for anybody else you know five days a week I just don't see that that kind of
1: situation being the norm ever again and that's nice because you know while working from home is great and convenient it's also nice to go into an office occasionally and interact with humans and you know it, it it's just a night nice, it's kind of like a treat almost <laughs> Yeah,
0: unfortunately, you broke up on me, but I kind of worked out what you were saying. You're talking about how being in the office can be a bit of a treat, a break.
1: Yeah, and especially if you've got young children and, and, you know, working from home might not be the the most ideal scenario for a lot of people. But sometimes it does work, and it, it's nice that flexibility is becoming the default, whereas before it was very rigid. I know even here in the U.S., where employers are notably inhumane when it comes to things like this or being very, very accommodating and flexible.
0: Yeah, look, I think, you know, the I think we all have to kind of look at work in a kind of more balanced way, I suppose. I mean, the the over the over the 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 course of the last couple of years, that work life balance, that difference between work and life I think almost disappeared for a lot of people because you were, yeah, you know the the lines became so so blurred for many people. Now, hey, you know we're, we're we're lucky enough to work in in a sector which allowed us to do that. I mean, if you were right, if you're working in in a shop, you know, you're working in a shop. You know, that's that didn't change. You couldn't exactly do that remotely from home. So, you know, we we have been quite fortunate.
1: Well, it's what's funny is you know for the before I worked for Black Knight I worked from home for 10 years and it was completely normal to me so when the when the lockdowns happened and everything shut down I was like welcome to the fun everybody you're working from home yeah so, so uh, let's see what else
0: let's actually have a I'm going to pull up the the blog there as well so I mean a lot of the time what we tend to do is like we talk about stuff that's going on on the on blackknight.blog we try to push out you know information that's of use to our customers and partners and
1: yeah the bi- the big thing this week or last week now because god time is a time is a compressed circle <laughs> is that centos is basically going away not just with us but with in the wider world it's being replaced with alma linux because of because of you know licensing issues with red hat and all that so if you use centos on your dedicated or virtual servers you're going to have to change that and we're not going to sell CentOS anymore.
0: Yeah, I mean the the thing, the cento the, the thing with with open source software is, you know, this happens from time to time. Like I remember probably, ten or so years back, a load of of us were looking at Red Hat Enterprise derivative, this was before CentOS even became really a thing. And at the time, I think there were probably a half dozen fledgling projects and you know a load of people were like oh you know this one looks good this one looks good And you know, they try things out and then you discover two three months further down or maybe a bit further down the line that you know it wasn't going to be the one it wasn't going to be the one that was going to get that community back you know you need something that has that community around it because otherwise you know you're not going to get your patches you're not going to get the updates you're not going to get the new features it needs to have a good strong support base so the Alma, alma linux is being looked after by the or backed in some to a certain degree by the people who are all involved with Cloud Linux, right? So that means that it's got it's got some level of stability,
1: right? And it's basically a fork of the last version of CentOS, correct?
0: I'm not sure whether it was forked from CentOS to Red, CentOS or forked from Red Hat, Red Hat Enterprise, but it's you know the thing is it's it's one of those things it's 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 all of in that realm i mean there you know the you've got your you know you you've got your 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 you've got your centos you've got your debian you've got a couple of other other distros that are, are popular and you know the centos is is no longer going to be an option alma is probably the one that a lot of people are going to end up using It's the one we're going to be offering from now on, and we're going to start moving deployments onto that. And you know, it's it, it'll it'll it's fine. I mean, ultimately, look, you know, you're running you're running stuff and things on on a Linux based server. If you want a Red Hat derivative, you'll end up on Alma. I mean, that's basically where it's going. Yeah. So I mean, Cento- CentOS is going to be end of life. I'm actually just trying to confirm the actual dates for you because it's one of those things that we just need to be we'd be clear about so centos and centos linux 8 is end of life as of december 31st 2020 so it's actually end of life already okay centos centos is going end of life it's not going to be supported any further we made the we were looking for alternatives as were a lot of other people the team behind cloud linux are backing Alma Linux, so that's the the option that we're going with. So for for so we'll be offering that for to people on dedicated servers, and we'll be also switching some of our own stuff over to us in the coming months. And you know, it's not it's not it's a kind of it's news, but it's not really that kind of amazing or anything because realistically, you know, if you're if you're using CentOS you should probably look at doing a refresh and, and switching over. And you can do things like where you can either, if you're refreshing your hardware at some point, then that would be the ideal time to make that change. But there are, right. but, there are but there are also options for doing what they'd call like a, a side grade, which would be that you'd move from, from CentOS to, to Alma Linux, which will probably work fairly well in many scenarios. But it's not the kind of thing that I would recommend somebody who isn't comfortable with, with running Linux servers to try out and just kind of experiment with. So, Jonathan, I'll <laughs> try this, please. I really don't want to have to deal with the tears. My websites are broken. Fix it. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, it's the kind of thing where, you know, if you, if you decide at 10 o'clock at night, your time in your time zone to go playing around with this. You'd be waking up one of my poor staff in the middle of the night to to, to try and fix your server for you and nobody's gonna be happy about this. It's just gonna be yeah. it's gonna be very yeah. unhappy.
1: That happened once. My my backup function went out of control and ate the hard drive space and it sent alarms and alerts that I woke up the on call technician and he he was not exactly pleased, but you know, he fixed it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, there is always that problem where you know that because you're because you're a staff, they're kind of like what they they just kind of go, oh, a staff person's having a problem. Ugh. You know, you'll get it. A, so you get this kind of you get the best the best and the worst of them, in that you'll get really good support for certain things, but but they'll be incredibly grudging about giving it to you. And they'll complain about it all the time because they can complain to you that they, they can't complain to, to our normal clients because, you know, that would be inappropriate. Anyway, never mind.
1: You want to move on to WHMCS?
0: Yeah, so so this is something that we're, we're... So we're still working away on this. And this is one of those things where I kind of think, look, I think it's important that we let people know that we are working on this new platform and... But we've run in, we ran into into some technical issues and difficulties. So originally the two of us talked about this going back to when was it? Like September, October of last year, and you know, we put out a blog post and then people were contacting us and we ended up where the, the deadline all the deadlines slipped and they've slipped a couple of times since then. But now I think we're we're very, very, very close to be able to turn it on to be able to to start offering that to people. I mean it's it's a big it's a big change for us. I mean it's we've been using the Odin Ingram micro platform for ooh, 14 15 years now. Wow, that's ancient computer terms. Well, yeah, I mean, it was, up, but it was, it was updated and upgraded across that time. It wasn't. As, it's not like that. What you log into today is exactly the same as what you logged in right. 15 or fifteen years ago. No, no, it,
1: and, and it works, and it works great. You know.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not. I'm not. There's no point getting into an entire kind of what's wrong with the current set, setup. That's that's not particularly helpful. But they look with the new the new system when it's put live, it's the user experience should be a lot better and it's we're going to have teething problems and there's going to be issues there's going to be problems but i think compared to it's it's like it's compared to a situation where we would end up having to kind of say well we can't fix this anytime soon it's a kind of case it should be a case of okay you found a problem let's see how quickly we can fix that and because we will have we will have a greater ability i think to fix to fix some of these these kind of user experience type issues we've, we've been testing a lot of different scenarios i mean you've got an account on it and i've got an account on it and you know it's 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 easier to do things
1: yeah i've i've spent considerable amount of time breaking it as i like to say and it is it is a, a great new experience you know there's New customers will will probably have a lot easier time when they log in for the first time figuring out what to do because it just kind of handholds you through the whole process and you know it's got a pretty interface it's got nice colors and you know it just it's 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 nice I like it the big the thing I'm really excited about though is the new Titan email that's uh, that. That sexy new emails is, is is something.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, look, the the email. I think I was because I, I was talking to somebody earlier today about you know small the average small business. I mean, whatever the hell the average small business is, and you know the reality. You know, I think the reality is we're, we've been doing this for about twenty odd years now. Like we've been doing providing hosting and domain services to to companies of all shapes and sizes. For the vast majority of them, email is is the thing that they care the most about in the in the whole wide world. You know, if their if their website goes offline for half an hour or whatever, something happens, something breaks. I mean, sure, they they don't like it, but they're not going to be bawling their eyes out. Whereas if their email is a little bit slow or there's any kind of issues with it, it's 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 a major headache for them. So, okay, type the Titan email is a massive upgrade on the email service that we've been providing for the last few years now the key difference is that like with the with microsoft 365 it's not hosted on our servers it's it's on somebody else's servers it's on somebody else's infrastructure so there's going to be a few little things where where you know we won't have access to some some things that we did have but by comparison like you'll have like this so much better experience i mean it's um it's a really really nice way of managing email you've got a nice little mobile app that works well i haven't tried the android ones i'm I'm on on iphone here but the ios app is is very very functional it's not just not just like a a way of just sending and and receiving email you can do a bit more than that in the app
1: yeah it's a whole experience, which is nice. It's all integrated.
0: Yeah, and it's 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 part of a kind of yeah, it's it's part of a kind of thing within that that this Titan experience that I think should be, it should just be it's it's better. I mean, it's it's more modern. It's what people want. And yeah, I've, there's no point getting into that. I think what we need to say is it's cool. You love it.
1: Yeah, I've, I'm an email nerd. I like getting email and. I'm trying to find excuses to use my new Titan email account just because I like being in it. So, but that's me. I'm a nerd. So, okay.
0: I think we need to we need to stage an intervention. I need to have words with your wife. Your <laughs> wife and I will have a little chat about this, and we'll see what we can do to to fix you because that is just not normal. <laughs> I am amused that you're using a Black
1: Knight mug, whereas I've got my Batman one here. Yeah, I have. I have every email I've ever sent since I started emailing back to my prodigy and in, in earthlink days okay you really do need help i have <laughs> i have had and lost
0: access to email accounts so many times over the past 27 or 28 years that yeah i mean i've i have absolutely no ac- i have no access to the first ooh, half dozen or so email accounts that i had they're completely gone
1: yeah it's, some of the emails can't be open but they're there i know they're i know they're there <laughs> yeah one of the, the one of the problems i've been trying to deal with is is, is getting
0: getting back access for family members who are, had stuff in in some of these free email accounts from years back and you know the the recovery email address and the recovery telephone number and all that is is defunct you know the the person moved countries that the company went out of business it, it becomes really really hard to to regain access if all of those things are just wrong
1: ah, well Any, anyway. anyway anyway moving so do you want to talk about the internet issues raised by the Ukraine and Russia no. issue well sure but I think you're gonna to have to ask me about it so okay what various issues are cropping up on the interwebs to do with this war that are sort of unexpected or showing that people don't really understand how the internet works and also perhaps that russia doesn't understand how the internet works you know what are you know you've got various social media networks where they're still operate they in theory could operate in russia but now they've been blocked or you've got you know networks voluntarily leaving the russian market then you have them bolstering their presence in ukraine and so it feels like the, almost like the internet is a new front in in whatever is going on and there's a lot of disagreement argument over like should russia be disconnected from the internet should we ban their 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 uh, their domain extension and and what what is the appropriate action to take when in this new world where a country feels like it can evade another one and how can they expect to be treated on the internet as equals when they're an aggressive force?
0: Well, you know, it's... So this is, this is one of these kind of situations where there's, there's so many factors at play and they're all kind of—it's a kind of a perfect storm, I suppose. In so, in many respects, like if you think back, it's probably the first major conflict in a social media world. In many respects, yeah. I mean, sure. I mean, it's, that's, probably, that's probably not entirely true. Yeah. But I think Syria is another one, but I think it's one where, like, Russia has been involved with or accused of being involved with a very large part of the some of the cyber attacks and misinformation and disinformation in in more than one country over the last few years and you know russia is is a major world power they're not they're not some kind of secondary or tertiary power they're they're a major power and part of any part of any war is always going to be propaganda but you know propaganda these days is real time it's not it's not it's not a quite case of you know think something happened somewhere yesterday or two or three days ago and we have to wait you know 48 72 hours for it to appear on the front pages of our newspapers like citizen journalists are able to push out content in almost in real in real time or close to real time yeah i mean It's, it's so there's a there's a lot of interesting stuff going on there i mean how You've got I mean, the, the social networks deciding that they can't operate because Russia's introducing new laws or restricting what they do and how they do it. And then, you know, some other some other companies deciding that they that they can't operate there for a variety of other reasons. And it, it's, it's really, really weird. I mean, the how quickly it all happened. So you went from there's a pr- potential problem between Russia and Ukraine but nah, nothing's going to happen to oh my god, Russia has invaded Ukraine. And that happened very, very quickly. Now, I suppose for, for those of us who's, who aren't who are kind of interested in current affairs but not like spending our entire days looking at the geopolitics of the world, we probably weren't expecting. I suspect others would kind of look at it and kind of go, Hey, we saw this coming from you know miles off but on the internet side of things i mean let's not get bogged up in the politics of it on the internet side of things it's interesting because russia and china are part of the global internet i mean they they have they have their own country code top level domains so you've got .ru .cn for china they they actively engage with with icann ripe ietf igf all those acronym soups that i i spend time um hanging out with so you know they're involved in those conversations about internet policy globally but they've always been a little bit of an outlier you've always had this kind of thing where it was like well they're engaging but are, you know are they are they really engaging with the same rules as the rest of us and I, it, it was never it was never 100 percent clear and then the at least one person or plus i think several people within the ukrainian government wrote to both icann and ripe so ICANN is a corporation for sign names and numbers so they look after domain names globally and ripe is the organization that looks after ip addresses in europe and uh, parts of africa and you know the ukrainians wrote to these organizations going hey russia's doing nasty stuff You need to, you should take, you should disconnect them from the the broader internet. So it was kind of, it was a very, very extreme ask, I think. And that's been repeated this week during the ICANN meeting that's being held virtually, where a representative from the Ukrainian government has asked, you know, ICANN and others to to do things. And I don't know, it's, it's like, it's one of those things where. You can't just kind of say, no, this is the wrong thing. I mean, you can, but you you know, you can't just just say that what they're asking for is completely inappropriate, they shouldn't ask for it, they should know better. You know, you need to be a little you need to be a little bit more nuanced about it. I mean you have to understand where they're coming from. Even though the answer is this is the wrong thing to do.
1: Right. And and they have to be very careful about what kind of precedent they set. And we don't, you know, we don't want the internet to fracture and have separate internets for separate countries where the rules are different. We want the global internet to work the way it does, which is open somewhat and cooperative. And if, if, if we just willy-nilly decide to kick somebody out of the DNS route, well, you know, that's a power that nobody should really wield. And then, unless it's an extreme, extreme circumstance, and I, I'm not sure. Again, you'd have, you could probably speak this for me. I'm not sure this is an extreme enough circumstance to warrant that kind of action. Well, he, but here's the fun thing, and this is the bit that
0: a lot of people seem to misunderstood, is you know, the ask itself was ridiculous because it assumes that dot, that only .dot ru domain names are used by Russians, right? Whereas that's not the case at all. I mean, RT uh, Russia today, which uh, the EU is, has sanctioned. The EU uh, sanctioned RT and uh, Sputnik last week. And uh, it's RT.com. It's not RT.ru. It's RT.com. Right. Sputnik. I, I think it might be a .com as well. But somebody. I mean, the 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 idea that you know, if you could, if there is no like easy way there's no kind of off switch the internet doesn't have an off switch like in, in within a country the a government could turn around to every isp and say you know turn it off you know pull the plug but it's it's the, the way the internet has always worked is by by having that decentralization right and even when it comes to blocking websites or blocking access to services like you know the, the Russian government I think decided to block Facebook the other day and it's clear from what I'm seeing that that block has been far from perfect because I've seen Russians popping up on Facebook you know they're not in as not in as large a number as, pre- as previously
1: well and, and that kind of goes into one thing that we want to talk about is there are ways around these arbitrary blocks using vpns or using the tor it's it's changing and making more aware of the tools people can use to to circumvent this kind of top-down censorship
0: yeah but i mean you know the thing about it is i mean if you're if you're tech savvy a lot of those blocks aren't going to impact you you're going to find a way to to get around them be that using tor using using vpns using i mean in some cases it's as simple as changing your dns server you know, if, you, right. if, the, if the resolver that you're using is blocking certain things, then, you know, you can switch to another resolver. Now, that's not going to always work because some, sometimes the ISP will, will kind of force you to use a particular one, which can happen. And it's the same with VPNs in that, you know, VPN... China is the country where I think a lot of people have had experience that you... If you're traveling in China, you know, you're going to find that you have patchy connectivity to, to a lot of Western services. That, you know, it's it's not that some of them would be blocked outright, but others will be blocked some of the time, not all the time. And you can't be sure that, you know, you're not it's not being observed. I mean, it's, you know, the thing I suppose really, though, is, is you know, it's. What do you what you know, you can circumvent some of that, but the the bigger issue is, you know, is it is it appropriate for a government to to block access to certain content? And I think I can argue it both ways. I mean where you know, you're okay, like in your case, you're you're a parent. Would you want your children to have access to every single website on the internet without your supervision?
1: Absolutely not. And I actually run a, a DNS level blocker on my home network to block stuff we don't want them to see, which irritatingly prevents the parents from seeing a lot of anodyne stuff. But, you know, it's, you know, it's just enforcing a, a safe, a safe level for them. But until they're old enough to make decisions for themselves, which they're not now.
0: <laughs> and then I think this is part of the problem is that it's, there's always this kind of interesting debate, like... You know where do you draw the line? So, like, take as an ISP, as a as a provider, should I allow access to everything on, from my network to other networks, or should I put in controls so that you are protected from harm? Now, I use the word harm intentionally. I'm not saying what kind of harm, but let's let's look. But let's say we break it down a bit further. So you're saying, okay, harm, yeah, okay. I don't you know that's that's okay I I can see why you want to do that and there's arguments why you know that you that you should be doing that you should be protecting your users from harm but then you know what is harm are we talking about malware we're talking about viruses are we talking about child abuse material are we talking about communist websites or anti-vax blogs are we talking about you know what are we talking about what is the harm
1: yeah where do you draw the line that you know and this is and as they say it's the the thin end of the wedge you know where do you draw the line and then where do you stop
0: yeah i mean this and this is part of the thing like i mean you know the the eu issued sanctions against rt and sputnik what basis well because basically those those services that exist across multiple media, exist primarily as its state-sponsored propaganda. I mean, you can call it misinformation or disinformation if you wish, but I I think using kind of older words, as it were, I think disinformation and misinformation are thrown around a lot these days as a kind of a catch-all for information that you don't like in some respects. But I think if you look at it in terms of its propaganda, so, you know, it's Russian propaganda, it's the Russian version of it's the Russia it's the Russia state's view of the world. So I can understand why they would wish to block that. Now, should they have blocked it? That's another question entirely. Right. And I can argue it both ways. To be honest with you, I could look at it and say, well, yeah, because people are stupid. You know, the we are collectively dumb. We we you know we 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 will believe things that we see that we read that we that we that we're we hear but if i follow that through logically if they're if they're blocking rt why aren't they blocking fox news
1: right cuz then then you have to sort of get into this into the weeds and philosophical about what is misinformation is it misinformation if it's capitalists misinforming you or is it misinformation if a government is misinforming you Where you know, where's the line? Where's, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't have the answer. I mean, I genuinely yeah. don't have the answer. I can
0: like, like from my okay. So st- moving away from the ph- philosophy, looking at it from a practical perspective, as an Irish business, we're an Irish company. We're based in Ireland. We are subject to Irish law. So, and e- if the EU sa- it says, you know, you have that, you have to block access to these particular things you can say well okay i don't agree with that but you know i don't agree just because you don't agree with the speed limit doesn't mean you get to drive faster right you know you you don't like it's that that's the kind of thing that you can get a trade association or a lobbyist to deal with for you or you can talk to talk to your local td maybe but you can't
1: change the law by ignoring it and let's face it: if you really want to read RT and Sputnik, you can figure out how. Oh yeah, of course. You know, you don't you don't need the the EU to give you permission to do it. You can find it yourself.
0: Oh, totally. I mean, there's there's a load of services out there that do things like proxying one website through another, so that you can access things. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, the, the since GDPR, a load of US websites are not accessible in Europe anymore. You know, there's ways to get to them. You know, you can, you know, you can fire up a, a VPN and pretend to be in the US. I can do this. And I've done that in the past. I mean, I've I've done that in order to to see what price I can get on certain products. If I access it from a US IP, it's one price. If I access it from an Irish IP, it's another. But it's, yeah, it's one of those things that I don't know. I think the way I look at it is that technology in general is should be neutral, like networks should be neutral, the internet should be neutral. You shouldn't be weaponizing the infrastructure. If 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 you want to block, like you've done in your home, you said, right, you're not going to allow Pornhub into the house, you're entitled to do that. But you shouldn't have a situation where nobody can
1: have Pornhub in their house. Exactly. But what do you do when someone like Russia is weaponizing the internet? I mean what is the consequence of that what should be the consequence
0: well that's that this is one of the one of those kind of questions again that you're like well i can think of things that i would like to see but how do you balance it i mean i think that's that's the problem with a lot of these things is that we don't in many cases we don't have scalpels we have hammers like we we see I mean, there's a, lot, and there's a lot. of these kind of hilarious expressions. of, You know, if you're if you're if you've got a hammer, all you see is nails. You know, everything looks like a nail. And it's very easy to, to take the high ground and say, you know, philosophically, I'm opposed to that. I think. I think a lot of it is just kind of educating people in general. I mean, making people aware, of that. You know, that the internet isn't inherently bad. That is good. And if you look at this, have been so many positive things I mean, how people have come together and, you know, done things together. They've been positive. But I don't know. I mean, state sponsored, state sponsored hacking, state sponsored propaganda, DDoS attacks, all of those kind of things. I don't know. I think I think we, we, we probably need to be to be better at defending as well, I suppose. I mean, you're you're, an, you're you're American. Yay, good for you. You're not a neutral country.
1: No, we're not. And we will take a side. And we will back up that side, you know, with force if necessary. And not only that, you know, we... What we decide to do, a lot of the rest of the world will follow. And so it's... it's it, it's you know with great power comes great responsibility how, how do we how do we go about it in a responsible way that doesn't violate our principles that you know that we hold dear we want free speech and you know and free religion and all those things how we don't want to become the enemy to, to fight the enemy you know and if if we say cut them off the internet well that that makes us that makes us the bad guy. That kind of takes away Sheen from being the force of good we like to believe we are. Let's not get into the weeds with that. <laughs> no no,
0: but I mean it's, but it's you know it's the thing is like you in here in Ireland over the last couple of weeks, the the position Ireland's position as a neutral nation is something that's come up in in in, in multiple fora. You know, they it's very, very clear that we are not as neutral as some people would believe, it, would like to believe that we are, and I think there's a definite feeling as well that we probably shouldn't be, but but that doesn't mean either that that you know that new, that flavor of neutrality means that we're no longer neutral at all. That we're suddenly going to start invading countries
1: left, right, and center, <laughs> you know. If- right, it's a fine line. You know, you it's because you. You want to take a stand against a bully doesn't mean you have to take a stand with your army you can take a stand economically or with sanctions and you know with just with just your actions and also supporting others who may be taking more direct action
0: yeah and see the, the see the problem is it where that we're having here is that how do you draw that line so how where where on the spectrum do you go from being supportive of other countries that are taking action versus stepping over the line and actually taking action? So, let's say Irish Irish citizens and residents have have gone to fight in in Ukraine. The Irish Army hasn't. Also, perfectly fine. We are we have, we are sending money. We're sending financial support to Ukraine, but it's it's humanitarian. We're not sending financial. We're not going to be sending money to support the Ukrainian army. Now, I personally, I think I'm 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 quite comfortable with that. I, that makes sense to me. As I as you say, I think you know, standing up to a bully and backing those countries that are standing up to a bully makes perfect sense. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure where the line is. You know where? Well,
1: and there and there's a there's an element of rail politic to it as well you you know i don't i don't know how much we want to get into foreign affairs here but stopping russia and ukraine now is better than stopping them when they're at calais or they're at you know they're outside irish ports you know it's you know it's it's sort of a a self-preservation as well that your neutrality will only protect you until there's gunboats in your harbors you know yeah i
0: suppose i don't know i mean it's just i think i just think it's something that ireland ireland has played lip service to the concept of being a neutral country for the better part of a century but it's only it's very rarely that we have any real debate or discussion as a country about what the hell that means and whether it is the appropriate position for us to take. Like we're a small country. Like right? if we were to if we were to drop our new our our supposed neutral stance and you know start getting involved more actively in various different things, it's not that it would make a huge difference to anybody, realistically, because we're we're too small.
1: Yeah, probably the Brits would be the ones who only would really care because it would affect them directly.
0: Potentially. I dunno. But it's just it's one of these things where where we're getting this kind of there's good people on both sides kind of argument from from some people and it's and I'm seeing it from the extreme right and I'm seeing it from the extreme left. and this I mean it feeds back into like I mean some of this is more political than it would be technical or anything else, but I think it has an impact because it's also a lot of these conversations are also impacting conversations around online moderation and you know content controls and what constitutes the correct usage of the internet etc etc i don't know i think there's some big questions that we probably need to face but not today (laughs) but not today so the other thing Um, the other thing that we did want to talk about very very briefly so we've so technology.ie has awoken it is is reborn well it was slumbering it's kind of woken up a little bit and it's it's moving around it's shaking, shaking itself around up a little okay so what we've we've done and this is a lot of this is actually jonathan's work because
1: you know he does things i know how to run publications let's just say that or so
0: you say so you say so we're now pushing out some content there most days of the week, with a mixture of articles that we're getting in from um, a third-party source, which is kind of helpful. So we're trying to do focus on topics that are, you know, re- technology-related in some way. It's, it's tech, tech, and science. Tech, science, internet stuff that we think is kind of
1: interesting and useful. Yeah, and our our goal is to sort of. Build it up as an sort of independent technology news source for for Ireland. So, the content we're kind of picking is things we know will sort of directly affect Ireland or would be of interest to the Irish tech crowd. Like yesterday, you know, we put up the stuff about Apple's new phones and and whatnot. You know, things like that.
0: Look, Apple Apple is always going to get us get people all excited and stuff. I mean, there's some, and it's it's kind of fascinating if you think that you know the the you know the the I was looking at some statistics from Ipsos MRBI and they do these these surveys on on social media and messaging usage like the the biggest one now is TikTok and that wasn't even around like 3 years ago well maybe 4 years ago I don't know I mean, it's it if it existed 3 or 4 years ago it just wasn't on anybody's radar really and now it's like the place to go though I have no idea how you're meant to
1: use it please don't tell me I don't need to know I don't know either. I I I have it on my phone but I haven't opened it.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the other thing as well, like I've seen some companies starting to do some stuff on on TikTok and I don't know, it's it's a weird it's a weird kind of format. I mean it's not I think it lends itself to certain types of content. And I think, you know, the the likes of say Lad Bible, for example, I can see how I can see them doing well. Or some of these other ones where, you know, their entire thing is, is around gags and humor. and I,
1: I'm, I'm uninterested in building my audience on another platform. I'm not going down that road again. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it leans on the ridiculous and that's, that's hard to monetize.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you monetize. I mean, how would you monetize on TikTok? I mean, we're talking like product placement? What? I don't know. Anyway. I mean, so look. So here we are. We're so the black so the Black Knight podcast, it's kinda back. Back in a new form. I suspect that I'll get bored after a couple of weeks and just hand it over to you, Jonathan. No, I'm joking. Or, or or am I? Ha ha ha. No, I think we'll
1: you'll have to give me Irish addiction lesson lessons. So you can sound like sound like you're Irish. No, I don't think yeah. I don't see that happening.
0: We'll we'll try to to put out podcasts more frequently more regularly than we have done though i don't think right now we should we should commit to anything too aggressive because we'll probably miss that deadline completely but let's let's see how we see how we get on if we can do do a
1: couple of podcasts a month i'd be quite happy sounds good well thank you for listening everyone we'll put key things we talked about in the show notes and we'll try also try to get a transcript of this so for people who don't want to listen can read it and uh, we will see you next time thank you